Sarah, their daughter, has moved into a new home with her husband and their newborn baby, their first grandchild. Their son, Ron, is a senior at college, busy with his senior thesis and his first job interviews. So they're empty nesters, and truth be told, they're looking forward to the next chapter of their lives. The large four-bedroom house is more than they now need. It sold within days of the listing. They quickly found a three-bedroom townhouse within walking distance of downtown. Perfect, they thought. The downsizing begins. They're not especially sentimental, but going through the things they accumulated in four-plus decades of marriage becomes a surprisingly emotional experience. Packing up their no longer children's sports equipment brings back memories of those cold early morning hockey practices. Wrapped in parkers with, and warmed by whoever knows how many cups of hot coffee at 4.30 in the morning when they sat in an empty and freezing arena before sunrise as their son developed into a skilled hockey player who would be recruited by several colleges. They had never realized how chipped and how scratched their good dishes were until they began packing them up for moving. But every crack evoked a warm memory of a Christmas or Thanksgiving, every chip brings to mind the face or a voice of a cherished loved one. In the basement, they move out all the old dining room table, one of the first pieces of furniture they bought together. Just starting out, the table was more than they could afford. She was especially anxious about buying it, but it soon became the center of their home the place where their new family came together for dinner, for games, for homework, for bill paying, temporary landing places for laundry and even the mail. They're moving steadily through it all until they come to their children's baby books. Once they begin thumbing through the pages, they found themselves sitting together on the couch amid the packing boxes, reliving all their fears of being first-time parents, the mistakes they made that their children managed to survive, the long nights and the lasting joys their daughter and their son brought them. It's a story of a marriage told in ten rooms, each room with a story of heartbreak and healing, of planting in fear and in reaping in hope, of experiencing little deaths on the way to a new chapter of life. Oh, a couple downsizing their home comes to realize the many small deaths and the resurrections that they've experienced in their lives. For each and every one of us here in our life's experience, realize that our lives are filled with moments of change, moments of discovery, 
some that have been exceptionally difficult and painful, and others fill us with joy and tears of gladness. See, Jesus' gospel image today, the image of the grain of wheat, for me reminds me and should remind us that life, life is always demanding change, risk, and the process of dying. Dying to our fears, dying to our despair, Dying to a sense of self that we were so strong in believing. But in all truth, if we're willing to risk loving and allowing ourselves to be loved, Jesus promises us the harvest of the gospel of wheat. See, in our willingness to nurture healing and forgiveness, in our openness to God's grace, and the compassion of other people. There will always be new beginnings, second chances, constant plantings, and unlimited bounties. See, it's only by loving that love is returned. It's only by reaching out beyond ourselves that we begin to learn how it is to grow. It's only by giving to others do we receive. And Jesus says, by dying do we rise to newness of life. Oh, for so many of us during this past year, we've experienced the planting of that grain of wheat that dies. For so many of us, dreams and plans and hopes all changed during this past year. But Jesus assures us that in every death, there will be something new, a newness of life and a newness of hope. That's, you might say, the rhythm of the gospel. So often we expend so much energy in our lives just trying to hold on. Hold on so that nothing changes. Hold on so that everything remains the same. Holding on so we don't forget. And in all the energy we utilize to hold on, we lose the very opportunities that we have been given to become, to change, to discover the newness in ourselves and what life holds for us. See, in the gospel this weekend, as we move close now to Holy Week, next week, in fact, next Sunday, we'll bless palms and we'll join with Christians throughout the whole world as they proclaim, glory to God in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
to the gospel passage where we will hear, crucify him, crucify him. And the familiar story to all of us, a story of loss and of pain, each of us will relive, but reminding us that it's only through the Good Fridays that we discover the Easter Sundays. For how many of us during this past year, having to give up vacations and plans and events and time with family and friends, have come to a new understanding of how greatly we love those people whom we have not seen. How easily we took so many things for granted. Thinking, it's always going to be here. What's the big deal? And your heart, probably much like mine, has missed the people who I love the most, long for the people and those who surround us in our lives, who bring us hope and give us peace. But maybe, maybe some of us needed to be reminded of those whom we love. Maybe we really needed to be reminded of that which we take for granted day after day. And now letting go and dying to all of our fears and our concerns and our worries. It's the Lord Jesus who calls us to something new. A new hope a new vision, a new dream. And it's Jesus who will be with us at each and every moment. And it will be Jesus who will give us the grace we need to rise with him to a newness of life.